Hello, fellow emerging athletes. Welcome back to the Athlete Emerging Podcast, episode four, where today I have to swallow my pride and make a shameful admission. All right, I know that shame is not a helpful or useful emotion, so I will not enter into the shame play. But still, it's time to eat a little bit of bitter and admit to you that I've been a little silly. All right, so here it is. I've already mentioned that I'm a personal trainer. I know, of course, a lot about anatomy, a lot about a good exercise form. And I have not been recently following my own professional practices and my own workouts. See, okay, I have a kind of a good excuse. Most of my clients are seniors, which is great. It's wonderful to work with folks on the quality of life, functional movement level. And my body is a lot less fragile and a lot more resilient at 32 years old than many of my clients are at 70 and 80 years old, naturally. So while I am using all of my best practices and safety first modalities with them, when it comes to my own workouts, I've kind of have gotten into a little sense of invincibility. Especially since now I have the challenge and the permission from Coach Brian to just be a badass mamma jamma out there in the gym, I've been really having fun with that. And this past Sunday, I pushed a little bit too... I don't even want to say too far because it's not like I pushed too hard. It's not the intensity of my workouts that's a problem. I let form get sloppy and I hurt myself a little bit. Hopefully it'll just be a soreness that lasts a few days. Could have been a much more serious injury, but it doesn't feel like it's hanging on. It's been a couple days now and I think that it's getting better already. But it's still terrible and I just have to put it out there. I let you guys know that I made the silly mistake so that nobody else follows me down the same path. So here's here's what it is. I have a favorite pet exercise for the chest. Chest is one of my favorite areas to work because as I transform my body, I want to maintain my girly curves and I would like my girly curves to have the appropriate lift in all the appropriate places. And as a naturally busty gal anyway, The more that I can work those pectoral muscles and keep lift in the chest, the better as far as I'm concerned. So one of my favorite exercises is the dual cable decline fly, the standing fly. So this is done on a pulley machine where you have two different cables that you can stand between. You stand a little bit in front of them so that the cables are coming from behind you and you set the pulley position up at a point that's overhead so the the cables are coming from behind and above you and you do chest fly just the way you would do any other chest fly angling down in front of you so the arms are pulling forward and down as they do the fly the shoulder is the most mobile joint in the body and therefore the least stable joint in the body So the shoulder can move in all kinds of directions. 
For the decline fly, I actually went and did a little bit of research after I did this silliness to go, okay, what really is the proper way to do the decline fly? Because I'm not doing them with my 80-year-old clients. So the last time I thought about what's actually the textbook proper way to do it was, I don't know, probably when I took my certifying exam years ago. So I've just been kind of playing around with the decline fly going, hmm, what feels good to me? Now, in case you're wondering, what I found in my research afterward was the decline fly should start just under shoulder level. Those arms should never be above the shoulders. The palms should be facing forward and you should be sweeping down in front of you to, you know, between hip and waist. So they're coming lower, coming back up to, again, just below shoulder height, keeping the shoulders in that safe below 90 range of motion. That's what, that's how they should be done. So I learned this week. What I'd been doing was going, hey, this feels really good. I can get this great range of motion. Hey, let me incorporate some rotation. Now, if you're not too familiar with the anatomy of the shoulders, the words incorporate rotation, having to do with anything where you're carrying any significant amount of weight, should be a big old red flag should to me as a trainer have been a big old red flag. I admit it was a moment of craziness. It was a lack of judgment. I just wasn't even thinking about physical consequences. Like I said, I had that feeling of invincibility. So I let the hands come up above the shoulders. I let the, the arms, the shoulders extend. So I had a little bit of an arch in my back. The hands were coming behind me, my arms were up overhead, and then I was pushing down as I was doing the fly, rotating into this motion to come down into the full normal position for the decline fly. And then on the way back up, I would again have this rotation at the shoulder as the hands came back overhead. It felt great to me at the time because I was getting this great chest opening stretch. Just like you might do in a yoga class, having the hands up overhead and something pulling the arms back behind. It felt great at the time. I was, I was pushing down, it did feel a little weird. It didn't feel painful as I was actually doing it, just a little bit weird. Which, red flag number two, something feels weird, even if it's not pain, at least stop and analyze the movement. I really highly recommend getting a solid fundamental grasp of anatomy for anybody who's doing serious workouts because it's so, so valuable to be able to stop anytime something feels a little bit unusual or you're doing something new and just go, okay, what joints and muscles are in play here and are they moving the ways that they are safely supposed to be moving? <laughs> and in this case, the answer is no. Anytime that you have a shoulder moving in rotation like that carrying weight, you're putting that poor little rotator cuff at a whole lot of stress. And if you've ever dealt with any kind of rotator cuff injury, as we do a lot with our older folks, those things are a bugger. They're painful. They seriously limit people's ability to perform their daily tasks and they take a while to heal. I don't recommend tearing a rotator cuff. Oh, here's a good example. So you can kind of picture the way that I was doing my decline fly and you can laugh at what a horrible idea it was. If you've ever watched baseball pitchers 
pitch in a baseball game and you've seen the way that they bring their arm up behind them and they make this really unnatural movement in their windup and it looks terrible and it looks like their arm is going to fall out of, the, out of their body. And so many of them have this surgery called the Tommy John surgery, which I believe is directly re related to that motion. It may not be. Some of you may know better and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that that particular surgery is so common because it's connected to that particular motion of putting the arm under strain, winding up for this big, massive, I don't even know how fast those balls go, super fast pitch, having to have a lot of force in that arm, winding it up behind the body and then rotating through the shoulder as you bring the arm forward. And the rotator cuff just doesn't like that sort of thing. And this is what I decided to do to myself on Sunday because it felt good at the time. Oh, I know. So nothing terrible happened. There was no pop. There was no snap. There was no great pain during the workout. Just felt a little weird, like I said, as I was doing it. And then after I did that, a little bit later in, I don't think it was the same superset. I think it was the next superset. I don't have my notes in front of me right now. But the next set during the same workout, I had decline push-ups. I had my feet up on a stability ball which you may know as a Swiss ball. So my core was working super hard to stabilize myself while the feet were elevated. And I was doing wide grip push-ups because I really wanted to target the chest. So I chose a wide grip as opposed to having a narrow grip and having the elbows come right back to my body, which would focus more on arm muscles, particularly triceps. It was chest day, I wanted to hit that chest, so I had the arms wide. And I was doing these decline push-ups and my chest didn't feel like it was really getting the work. It was getting some work, but I was reaching that point of failure where you go down to do the push-up and then I couldn't push back up and I just would end up kind of going face first on the carpet instead, which was fine. I, I like reaching that point of failure in a workout. It's a sign that I've been pushing myself hard. Not needing to go face first necessarily, but that's just where it happened to be for push-up position. I couldn't push up anymore after, uh, you know, however many reps per set. That didn't matter. But what was strange was that the limiting factor was not the strength of my chest, as I expected it to be the way I'd set up the exercise. Something else was giving out on my right side. And I couldn't tell if it was in my shoulder or if it was in my back. It was a strange, unclear feeling, one that I haven't felt before, but it just, there was something besides the big muscles of the chest stopping this exercise from happening. I, I felt like it might be in the shoulder. Did a few sets of that, and again, the same thing each time, the way that I had this angle set up. If you can picture with the decline push-up, I had my feet up in the air, my chest down towards the ground, my hands flat on the floor. So again, my shoulders were not quite the same as they would be for a standard midline push-up. I was again working in a slightly different rotation of the shoulder. If there's one big takeaway from this lesson of mine, it's look out when the shoulders are rotating. <laughs> there's, there's lots of good ways to rotate the shoulders and there's lots of ways that the shoulders don't like being rotated. In fact, I'd say there's fewer ways that the shoulders like rotating than don't like rotating. Basically, use good exercise form. If you're not sure what good exercise form is, ask a trainer at your gym. They're certified in this stuff. 
they're supposed to know. Check in with your bodybuilder friends. Check in with, if you're getting different information on different websites, oftentimes what I'll do is just look at enough videos and enough websites Check the comments below the videos because if somebody has bad form in a workout video, people are aggressive enough online that there's oftentimes a lot of comments pointing it out. I'll see that all the time in fitness videos online. People will say, oh, your squat looks great, but you're going way too low. Your hips are tucking under and you're going to hurt your back. Or, um, you know, if somebody had seen a video of these decline flies of mine, they would say, whoa, whoa, your arms are way too high and you should not be rotating your shoulders like that. And that would have been helpful to know. But so anytime that you're looking for proper form for an exercise through online videos, I do recommend looking at the comments. Now, anybody who posts anything on the internet is just an average Joe, just like I am for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> no professional recommendations coming from me here. Please keep that in mind. Um, so please do be smart about all of that. It's really good to double check in with a trainer that's used to working in that kind of training. But I find that checking out those comments before I even start to consider a video as a source of authority is a really good kind of check to make. Just tuck that one in the back of the mind. I know I do. And then if I look at quite a few different videos and see consistency in form and no comment saying that that's a bad idea, especially if they're from reliable websites or trainers or athletes that I trust, then I'll go, okay, so this gives me a good sense of what the form should be for this exercise. And that's the kind of research that I did to go back and check how my decline flies actually should have been after I did them all crazy and weird. So that was that was on Sunday and today's Tuesday. Yesterday, Monday, the day after, I did back and biceps. Shoulder felt okay. I st- I, it was during that workout that I became aware that it was the shoulder, the right shoulder, that had taken a beating on Sunday. It didn't let me know about it. Aside from that weird feeling, there was no pain until yesterday. A little bit of soreness started setting in, and there was some motion that I did. I don't remember it was exactly, but there was one way of moving that just sent one of those subtle little strings of pain down the shoulder and the arm. I went, okay, this isn't good. And then by the end of the day, I was having a hard time reaching around behind myself to unhook my bra strap or turning in the car to look to back up. You know how you reach your right arm across to the passenger seat to give yourself a little more leverage if you're turning to that right side. Sometimes that motion didn't feel good. Uh, It was becoming clear that something was going on with the shoulder and from my understanding, which is not that of a physical therapist or any sort of doctor, but from the experience that I do have, it did seem like something was going on with the rotator mechanism in my right shoulder. So I was really careful with it last night. I took a Epsom salt bath, which is one of my big self-care favorites these days. And that's not something that I learned in my training education. I don't know if it's something that's really widely recommended. It just seems to be something that I'm enjoying now. It seems to be that I'll take an Epsom salt soak in the evening and the workout from the day 
doesn't leave me with raging pain in the body over the next couple days. So that's one of my go-tos. I did that last night and rubbed some tiger balm on it and then just rested. And in the morning, it was still there this morning when I woke up. I could feel it as I was turning over in sleep and pushing to wake up. So Tuesday morning is surf morning and went out with my surf buddy and didn't do any paddling today. I didn't want to make that motion of reaching the arm behind my body again. Just did a little bit of catching white water and pressing up on the board. I'm a fairly novice surfer anyway, so that was good practice for me just to do that. And I've been taking it a little bit easy on Tuesday uh, for the shoulder, (laughs) not taking it easy for the rest of me. My workout today was called Quadrapalooza. And it was a bonanza of frog jumps and BOSU squats and single knee extensions and lunge walks and all sorts of delicious, painful wonderfulness for the legs and the quads specifically, hence being called quadrapalooza. And after that workout, uh, when it came time to go jump in the shower, I was successfully able to unhook and rehook my bra by myself, I am proud to say. So the shoulder is feeling better than it was this morning. I required my surf partner's help to get the web, uh, get my wetsuit on and zipped around that shoulder this morning. So it's already feeling a little bit better. I'm going to continue being careful with it. Tomorrow is supposed to be chest day. Uh, excuse me, not chest day. I just did that shoulder day in my rotation. It will not be shoulder day because I'm going to continue allowing this to rest. I have finally started paying attention to these red flags and being mindful with my body. And I'm going to give this shoulder as long as it needs to feel 100% again. I'm not going to push on it until it does feel 100%. I wanted to share all of this to hopefully help prevent somebody from following in my silly footsteps and blindly charging ahead with bad form just because it feels okay in the moment. Please, please, please don't do that. (sighs) Learn good form, follow good form. And I think it's also possible to hurt ourselves getting sloppy with form because we're charging ahead with a lot of intensity. I haven't been talking about my workouts much yet. I probably will be more as the podcast goes on because I'm very excited about them and I do want to share them. I've been working with a lot of intensity and I love it. And I feel like as long as I stay mindful, that's actually Coach Brian's word. I was talking to him about this today in session and we're in agreement that I have the capacity to work mindfully with my body and just stay aware as I'm pushing through this intensity. And anytime the body is throwing up these red flags now where something feels weird, a joint feels a little unstable, an exercise feels like it's being held up by something other than the muscle it's supposed to work, from here on out, I'm gonna remember that this shoulder is giving me quite the scare right now and just back off correct form, modify, remembering that consistency is way more important than what I do in any individual workout in terms of, um, you know, wanting to push harder for this one workout. No, 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 no. Making sure that I can come back and do my workout the next day is much more important. I 
don't believe in regret. I don't think it's useful. So I won't say that I regret what I did on Sunday. But if I were doing the same workout again now, A, I wouldn't use that form. But if I hadn't gone through all of this and I started using that form and I felt that weird feeling in the shoulders, instead of pushing through it and thinking that the weird feeling was some kind of psychological resistance to the intensity of my exercise and wanting to just muscle through and show how tough I could be, knowing what I know now and what I knew before but was just failing to pay attention to, I would check in with that and modify it so that it felt right and felt good and felt hard but effective for what I was trying to hit. Any weirdness in my exercises from here on out on this journey, weirdness is not something that I'm going for. Challenge, burn, intensity, that feeling like I'm on the edge of wanting to throw up, sweat dripping down my face, shaking, all that stuff is good. But weirdness is a red flag. And feelings in other parts of my body besides what I think I'm focusing on are red flags. And it's much more important to me to be able to come in and get another kick-ass workout in tomorrow and maybe have today even be, God forbid, slightly less intense, slightly less hardcore so that I can go full out again tomorrow so that I don't have to miss a shoulder day one week because I tore up my shoulder on chest day. That's silly. I'm stepping back. I'm taking the longer term view. Looking out for consistency in my intensity as opposed to just blind aggression (laughs) pushing through these workouts and hopefully keeping it safe from here on out. I think we'll probably have a lot of fun discussions about form, about fatigue, about all kinds of other stuff relating to safety through intense exercise as I continue learning. Like I say, most of my clients are folks in their 70s and 80s, so this sort of badass training that I'm getting to do with myself now is stuff that I've only engaged in when I used to train in various sports and not something that I've trained professionally as a trainer. So it's a learning process for me, as is this whole journey. So there's my story for the week. There is my slice of humble pie. Hopefully you've been able to laugh at my silliness. Hopefully something resonates with you that you can take into your workouts that will help fuel your journey. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will see you in the next episode of the Athlete Emerging Podcast. Go get some.